0: Like to welcome you to another episode of Lodestone Training and Consulting podcast. I'm Jared Ross.
1: I'm Chris Johnson.
2: (laughs) Who are you? Like Chris. Like Chris. Or Chief.
1: I like how you keep trying to give yourself your own nickname. You know what happens when you give yourself your own nickname? Uh,
2: Jared was trying to rebrand it to. Chief. I just wanted to cut down on the confusion. That is true. Mm. There is a lot of confusion. Yeah.
1: I think our listeners are smart enough to know the difference between light and dark. Long pause. (laughs) I, I guess you guys don't.
0: Oh, gosh. Okay, so let's explain why we're so slap happy. So we are currently in Nevada. We've done two full days of patrol rifle training with a really good group Uh, we have another day so today we've had a long day training and then we went out with some of the students we went out to a brazilian steakhouse steakhouse
1: and we ate way too much Uh, we definitely consumed
2: it it, it was delicious yeah
1: there was a small competition that i lost
2: (laughs) who won chris oh Oh, yeah
1: yeah Uh, like like chris definitely crushed crushed it oh yeah it wasn't
0: even a competition. Yeah. So we're a little uh, a little slap happy. So as we're recording this, it is the evening of March 9th, and we're here in, you know, in Nevada. So knowing that this training was happening, knowing that we were going to be out here for a week, and seeing everything going on in the world with all the unknowns, uh, I was legitimately concerned.
1: Wow. And, you know, we... We definitely preach having the mindset of preparedness. So, what if we have to walk home?
0: Yeah. With, with all the crazy stuff going on, with uh, Vladimir Putin talking about threatening nukes, um, with our leadership, our lack thereof, um, making, in my opinion, some poor decisions. Coming out here was a big unknown. We didn't know, you know, there there was that possibility that. Maybe there will be a couple nukes going off. Maybe there will be an EMP. Maybe there will be a major cyber attack or any number of things that could potentially happen that, just like Chris said, uh, maybe we have to walk home. So with that in mind, we know we needed to come out here to fulfill our obligations and to run this class. Great students, by the way. is one of the most motivated uh, groups of students we've ever worked with. Yeah. Really super, good crew. Super good. But we also turn this for ourselves personally into a...
2: Uh, I don't know
1: a training drill. Yeah, uh, good exercise. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. So, getting here, you know, we all had to fly because yeah, man, Vegas is a long way from from PA and, and Tennessee where I'm at. So yeah, Jared said, "Hey, let's let's do this." And uh, what are you gonna bring?
1: Yeah, yeah. We had some limitations. Obviously, we we're flying, so uh, we had one check bag. Uh, we weren't gonna, you know. Take hard cases and, you know, other items. Uh, part of it was some of the our connecting flights go through areas that are unfriendly to firearms. To say the least. So uh, Jared and I had to make the decision, mm, do we risk or chance, uh, you know, having them take have us pull our bags because of delays or anything like that. And then end up like one of those stories that you hear where someone's in New York and... They have to get their bag, and then they take possession of a firearm in New York. And I mean, recently you've heard in the news where New York is so hungry to get those evil criminal gun owners that they're actually following people to Pennsylvania, following them to another state, watching them purchase guns at a gun show, and then following them back to New York and then arresting them. So, uh, Jared and I did not bring firearms with us. Yes. You know, I know that a lot of people are like, "Oh my gosh, you don't have a gun." That is a tool. We're the weapon. I, as I once said during uh, the um, the coup in Turkey, uh, I was up there doing business. I did not have a gun with assigned to me. My stuff was in another location, and uh, coup happens. I had a M4 and I had an M9 because that's what they had at the Soda. And I'm walking around like that and I run into one of my, my teammates. And he, he looks at me and says, how would you get a gun, Chris? And I just looked right back at him and I said, I'm an SF guy. <laughs> he, he responded, but so am I. Evidently not a very good one. Yeah, so <laughs> in, instead of uh, getting wrapped around that axle and getting so focused on on that one particular thing that we know we're, we'd have the ability to get... We focus on other items for sustainment. Now, Chris, you, you chose a little bit different because of your flights.
2: Yes, so I was able to choose different flight routes. I'm a little bit further south, so I stayed on the southern side of the, the U.S., so I was able to travel with my firearm. So I definitely have that. Um, and a lot
1: of the times when we travel, we do. If we're going to places that... Um, we know we're not going to have difficulties with. We go ahead and carry those preferred tools. You know, I've said it many times in classes. I know you guys have heard me say it. What is my preferred? Well, I don't know what's the biggest thing I can have. Uh, you know, Ma-Deuce, I'm okay with the Ma-Deuce. I can't really carry that in my pocket, so I, I, I suffer sometimes and go with the Glock 19.
2: And a downside of that is that gun case takes up a lot of space, so when you're trying to limit that to one bag, you know there's some other stuff you might have to cut out if that's something that you you are absolutely wanting to take. Yeah. You know, but if you're traveling as a group, I mean, you just cross load, right? So let's let's talk a little bit about what the problem is.
0: So the problem is, based out of Pennsylvania, you're in Tennessee. Tennessee. We're out here in in Nevada. So if we had to, as we're doing this podcast, the balloon goes up and we need to make our way back, uh, one of the first things that we thought about is, oh, okay, where are we going? What What's the train? What are the major features? How far is it? It's roughly to our place in Pennsylvania. It's just about 2,000 miles. Yep.
1: So what are some of the major train features? Well, well, we've got the Rockies. The Rockies. <laughs> we have the Mississippi. Yes. Uh, those are two major train features, not to mention just... The Great Plains. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. if you've ever driven ac- across uh, Kansas, uh, you know that can be painful. Walking across Kansas <laughs> could be a lot worse. Yes, one hundred percent. And so we had to think about what items of equipment that we could carry, and again, that one you know suitcase that would aid us in this. Obviously, navigation. Um, I know that I brought a compass. You brought a compass, correct, Yes. Yeah. Uh, and now you know that's a Linzetic proper military compass. Um, we know that it has features. It's been tested. It's been tried. Um, we know it's going to survive difficult times. Um, we know that the compasses are true because we've checked them, and so we're not just oh, "Which way did the sun rise today?" and let's follow that way. <laughs> yeah.
0: So we have those good compasses. Now, you brought, in addition to a compass?
1: Uh, Again, with navigation, and you guys know I hate GPS. I've got a GPS uh, because I am not going to throw a tool away, especially something that is so easily portable as a GPS. We have a situation that satellites are shot down. um, The infrastructure that runs the GPS is, is damaged in some means or fashion, and it doesn't work. Okay, no big deal. I have the compass. But if those things are still working, I have grids plotted along the route uh, in that GPS that are going to aid us. And that's going to give us an advantage. As well uh, with the GPS, I went ahead and I brought a tablet with um, ATAC. And if you come to the GPS class, we talk a lot about ATAC and how to use it. Um, and some of the features, one of those is how you can download maps. So I went ahead and downloaded imagery for some key places that we might, uh, you know, come across. Uh, you know, we didn't necessarily define a route because we don't know what a uh, route's going to be available to us. Uh, those of you who may or may not know, if there is a nuclear strike, you know, going back Cold War era, um, you know, the last time we thought about this type of stuff, most of us were all children. But Colorado, just south of Denver, uh, Colorado Springs... Yep, NORAD. You have NORAD, and that is a target. That is 100% a target. That target is between us and our families, where we want to go. So we can't necessarily say, well, you know, we're going to follow I-70 or I-80 or even I-40, because those areas may be affected by by fallout. So uh, I looked at some... Some places that I thought might be key infrastructure, or key areas that I'd like some imagery. And I went ahead and downloaded that imagery to my tablet. So, in addition to that, with that tablet, also for redundancy,
0: going old school, have a very good you know, map, very Ro- good atlas. Yeah, road atlas.
1: atlas. And it, they're so easy to get. You go to any staples, you go to Barnes Noble. Uh, you can walk into that bookstore or that office supply store. They have road atlases.
2: You can get them at uh, truck stops for the most part, usually. Yeah. Like a Flying yes. J or a Loves. Another thing, too, is um, at the uh, rest stops.
1: Yes. You know, right? They're,
0: they're there for free.
1: Yeah. You Just can walk, walk, the walk into... Yep. And at the end of this, this training that we're doing here tomorrow, uh, we're immediately getting on the road and we're driving up to Salt Lake. Because we've got to verify some um, some other training venues for later in uh, the year. As we stop for gas, we're going to be looking and seeing at the maps that are available there. Because, yes, we have that road atlas of the United States, and that's a very broad yes. big spectrum thing. But we can pick up those local paper maps. They're cheap. Like Chris said, a lot of the rest stops, they're free.
0: Okay, so we each have a compass you've got a gps you've got your tablet yep we've got that good atlas what are some of the
1: other things than that that we brought so because uh i i i said this in a class previously uh this month one of the best things when you're doing any kind of evasion is having a team yes uh so i think that i i brought the best thing in bringing chris and jared uh because i have two knowledgeable people who are switched on and prepared something to aid in that teamwork we brought radios so we have radios that you know uh, can i talk to my kids in tennessee with this or not uh, Tennessee? Yeah, mm. my kids <laughs> in uh pennsylvania i uh, yes actually i could with this radio if they knew how on their end but this is more for our local communications so as we're doing stuff and there's an obstacle and one of us has to go up and and security while the other two go and clear that obstacle we have radios to communicate you know
0: another thing uh, that we brought working as a team thinking as a team is um what's our one pri- what of our primary concerns what is putin threatening with
1: radiation so what do you t- have chris i have a it, to say it's a geiger counter is kind of insulting and it, it is a much more sensitive piece of equipment that is gonna let us know in a very simple um, level of scale of one to nine, what the radiation level is in the area. One being, hey, you're being exposed to radiation, but yeah, you're gonna be okay. Four, like, hey, you're getting an X-ray, you probably don't wanna stand here. Nine, turn around and run the other direction. Yep. It's so easy that the three of us, even in you know a food deprived state, we're not looking at a little a number scale or something. that's going back and having to get readings. It's a blinking light. So you brought that. One of the unique items that I brought is uh,
0: I brought a white phosphorus uh, PVS-14. And as we've recently learned, they're hardened against the EMPs. Yes. So that thing is going to work. And uh, I didn't bring my dual tubes, left those purposely at home. Um, and you left your I night left my knots for, 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 for our girls. families and yes. stuff but we have that one again so that we can use that to to check our six to look where we're going everything as we need to
2: maneuver at night so extremely useful tool What's some of the other stuff that we brought well sticking with the night stuff uh, we got the flashlights yes so
1: yeah, each one of us has our everyday carry flashlight uh, mine I have it's a rechargeable battery but it also takes. Um, the one, two, threes. Yeah. So, and that's, I, you guys have heard me talk about flashlights before. I don't like a rechargeable battery. I'm happy with this one. And I'm even more happy with the fact that I can take and replace those batteries with something else.
0: Another thing that, because of the nature of this, it didn't, wouldn't make sense for us to bring food or rations per se just take too bulky and, yep. and those are things we able to, to pick up here pick up on the way back i did bring a little bit of hard candy um, but what i did bring is i did bring a water purifier mm-hmm. so that's one thing that the three of us would be able to use if if
1: necessary and it didn't have to be anything really big or crazy no, no. i mean it, it we're not talking about working out of our homes with our you know our 72 hour kits something that is robust i mean you guys have come to class. You know what we're we're normally packing. This is we are in a in an environment that we can't bring all the things that we want. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff it's it's small. It, it came in our yeah.
1: I mean, th- this came in our check luggage. Yeah, uh, we wanted things that would give us to cover some of these bases. It comes down to because you have knowledge, you don't have to have a lot of the equipment.
2: So, so okay, what are some of the other tools that, that we brought? Mm-hmm. All right. So sticking with the battery stuff, I did bring my uh, juice pack, so. Yep, I got it. standard. Uh, I've also got the solar powered, or solar paneled one, so it can recharge during nice. the day. So if the uh, electronic infrastructure is still there, uh, we can power up that ATAC and keep that running.
1: I, I'm a big, uh, big fan of being able to have a fire to cook, to purify. Um, You know, in a tactical situation, you can dig a Dakota hole, and uh, you can control some of the the lights and uh, definitely the smoke signature with that. Um, So I made sure I'm flying. I can't remember the last time, you know, what the rules were about, you know, carrying a lighter or um, matches. Turns out I did do a little bit of research. Currently, you can fly with a Zippo lighter. You can fly with a Bic lighter. Um, but the rules change all the time. Last time I flew, you couldn't fly with, uh, one of the electric gliders and they have all kinds of weird restrictions, Mm -hmm. but there are no restrictions against a Ferris rod. So I have a Ferris rod with us and it's not just a little tiny dinky one. I got a Titan survival, uh, Ferris rod. The thing is uh, what it's hefty. Yeah. It's a three eighths inch. Um, maybe, maybe, uh, six inches long, um, and along with that, Jared and I both uh, brought in a, a nice survival knife. Uh, something that is going to give us that capability that what, we...
0: What knife did you bring?
1: I went ahead and brought my uh, EC4 uh, or sc 4 it's, it's my go-to bushcrafting knife. It's just four inches. It, it's not crazy. Um, it's fairly concealable if, if I need to. Um, and it's very, very dependable. I've used this in many classes, and I've really grown to have a fondness for this knife. Right
0: on. Yeah, I brought a multi-tool. Yep. I brought uh, my Light Fighter, Light knife. That's just again a good small utility knife. And then the the larger knife that I brought is uh, called Rockwell's Razor. So again, it's a custom knife that I designed. That Mossy Forge, he he made it for me. Um, so it's good all-purpose utility-type knife that, that, again, that I designed. So, so that's, that's the, so the
1: Lightfighter wasn't the first uh, knife designed for you?
0: <laughs> no. No, it was not.
1: <laughs> I, I I did bring um, a multi-tool. that They're extremely useful. Yeah. And whether you're carrying it in a bag or, you know, on your belt, it, it's just a good idea to have it when you're just traveling. You know, very, very useful. I always have a... A one hand open pocket knife, Uh, whether it's I live in a place that I can have it out the front. I currently don't. So I have a uh, one hand open that comes out the side. Um, That's important. So if I'm holding on to something and I have to cut a line or I have to do something where I'm securing, say, a small piece of game and that's the only knife I can get my hand on, I can open it with that one hand and uh, do what I need to do. We also brought cordage. Yes. So what kind of cord did you bring? So I'm trying out and because this is kind of an exercise in um, a thought exercise as well as trying some new things, I brought some micro cord. It is not 550. It is not even um, bank line. It's much thinner. I've got just over a hundred feet of it on a tiny spool and it is a hundred pound test so not as strong as 550 cord but it's not like we're trying to repel with yeah. the 550 cord what we're going to be using with this is to tie stuff up um you know lashings making uh you know bushcrafting type stuff snares snares and i felt that it it's going to meet the mail for a lot of that type business in a very very small package and i brought that as well i do have some small uh pieces about uh, seven uh, feet, no, it's eight feet, of survivor cord, uh, Titan uh, survivor cord, um, which is 550 cord that's reinforced with a a copper, or brass, a brass snare, um, a 25-pound test uh, fishing line, and a wax jute for uh, fire starting. And then I do have some bank line uh, wrapped in with that as well, right on.
0: I brought 50 feet of 550 cord, and then I also have, about five feet of tubular nylon along with some beaners. So I think and that's common too. I brought yeah, three, I brought Yeah, I brought beaners, a carabiner as well yep. with a yeah. locking mechanism. Yeah, and those are, again, if you've got a little bit of experience, those are just extremely useful tools that you can do any number of things with.
1: Yes. So clothing, Definitely. we clothing. knew that we were going to, you know, potentially, it is still winter, technically, mm-hmm. all right? Um, there is always a March storm. Um, I'm from the Rockies, so uh, duh, it's the Rockies, right? (laughs) Uh, I went ahead and I made sure that I had at least a light pair of gloves. I'm a big fan of the uh, wool, uh, like smart wool uh, glove liners. They're very thin, but they do keep your hands warm. Um, As well as I brought a puffy, uh, like a woobie jacket. So it's like a, a survival blanket, like a poncho liner blanket, but in a jacket form. Uh, layer one, uh, so that's like a, the old ninja top, yeah. the the silky uh, silky weight top. That was smart. I wish would have brought that. Um, yeah. I didn't bring any <laughs> bottoms, and I, I I kicked myself because honestly, if we were going across the Rockies, and, yeah, you know, it you would be nice. It would yeah. be nice to have some bottoms. And then, as far as the rest of my clothing, I went with similar to my normal, uh, you know, everyday wear. I've got some t-shirts, I've got a lot of button-ups, I've got one hoodie. I did bring my uh, one set of trousers that have the wax coating that, that they've been imbued with wax so they are water-resistant, not that I'm going swimming, but if I'm kneeling but, in not snow... Not planning on it. Not <laughs> planning on it, but let's be honest, it probably mm-hmm. will be. Uh, if I'm kneeling in snow or something like that, it's it's going to give me a little bit of barrier uh, between that snow coming and getting into my knees. and. And making me worse off. Uh, socks, of course, it's all uh, smart wool, but I did bring one pair of alpaca wool socks, uh, just in case. Just in case, you know. Yeah, f- for me,
0: I brought a lot of a lot of layers. I didn't bring any one big heavy thing, but I did bring a lot of layers. Got a hoodie. Um, I brought two sets of gloves actually. A uh, one. More of an all-purpose glove. They're thicker, so I can do some work with them. They're going to keep my hands warm a little bit more than than uh, what they otherwise were or uh, would. And then also, I brought a uh, one of my favorite pair of uh, issued shooting gloves. That they're just a little bit more rugged than um, than like say the mechanics gloves or something else like that. I did bring in addition to my normal ball cap. I did bring
1: a, a wide-brimmed hat. Uh, that's just again useful. I brought. A, uh, oh shoot! It would have been useful today. <laughs> I, I was wearing a ball cap and I got some sun yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Somebody got a lot of sun. I got a lot of sun. Yeah, I did not bring my ball cap. But then I also brought a schmog. Yeah, a good old yeah. schmog. So those things, of course. What, what very, you know, what very you do useful, very vehicle. useful piece of kit. One hundred percent socks too. I brought a lot of uh, good socks for hiking. And then I also brought um, a couple of, like, the super thin ones to wear on the inside. I've been very successful wearing thin inner socks and then with the the thicker outer socks. And then footwear. I have good, you know, comfortable boots
2: that are going to last me for for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, I Similar similar items. Uh, My jacket. Got a good uh, windbreaker, water-resistant jacket, uh, layers, hoodie. Uh, Again... It's hard to bring that big bulky warm jacket because it takes up so much space. So kind of going with multiple layered items. So you can, one, you can wear them all the time. So kind of that dual purpose stuff. So I can I can wear it on a range or I can add it to a layer to, to bulk up if I need need some warmth. Uh, socks, similar. Uh, I also have some cotton socks for, for when we work out at five in the morning. <laughs> See, I, I just wear the wool socks.
1: <laughs> um, you know, because cotton's not good
2: for you. It's not. Good to start a fire.
1: Yeah, that's true. Go. No, we survived by burning Chris's socks. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and then I go so, barefoot.
0: What, what are some other items? I know I didn't bring much on the way of, of medical stuff. I did bring hey, a SWAT
1: uh, I, tourniquet. Yep, I got a SWAT tee as well. Um, I, I like it. It's useful it's a good jack of all trades yeah it's a good jack of all trades yeah. and it's small yes it it doesn't take up any you know any space um it, yeah it's just very very useful uh i did bring 300 plus dollars in in cash i kept it the 300 s and then i have you know a couple of tens and some fives yep uh so i have that cash you know i
0: think collectively we have less than a thousand but maybe like around seven eight hundred dollars yeah. in, in cash
1: yeah i mean if you're talking we saw it we saw it in ukraine yeah the the people lining up at that atm trying to get cash out because hey one of the threats that we were looking at what if we have some sort of cyber attack and the banking system's and, down
0: and legitimately today is what thursday no today's wednesday yes so exactly. by by saturday this week we might need all $700 just to fill up one tank of gas. Yes.
1: Yes, that, that very could be. But, you know, that's us. You know, we, we had that thought of, yeah, I've got money in the bank. But money in the bank doesn't do anything yeah. for me when I'm on the ground and I'm trying to get home. Exactly. So we want to have money with us.
0: In addition to that, uh, I think I was the only one. But I did bring silver. So I have a roll of junk silver. Then I also have uh, one ounce silver bars. They're the size of a of a credit card. So that was one of the things. If we needed to do this, I was going to be passing out those credit card bars. Everyone's going to have some silver on them. Um, so that still has that intrinsic value. So if people aren't taking cash, that's something that they'd more readily uh, be
1: be accepting. Yeah. I mean, it, at some point, you know. The the dollar just keeps getting weaker and weaker. It's like they're intentionally trying to kill it off. Hmm. hmm. Are they? Scary. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Funny. Funny like that.
0: that, Yeah. Any other different items that. uh, Oh, here. So instead of like normal luggage, I know that I I have my my man purse that was my carry on, but my my check luggage was a a good um, pack.
1: I as well. I brought a backpack um, that is comfortable um it has a hip strap so you know Mm -hmm. it can take the weight off of my shoulders it is expandable so i can put more stuff in it than i actually brought with me Uh, so as we come across items i have as we're procuring uh, them yeah i have expanded carry capacity yep and it is also uh, weather resistant and has a outer extra shell that i can throw on it that i could use for many different purposes and
0: your selection of pack is different than my selection for a backpack, but what they both have in common is neither of them scream tactical, neither of them scream militant army. They're good civilian packs that, that blend in.
1: Yes. Yeah. I, I look like something you'd see on the, you know, AT and so do you.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to go the, I shouldn't say had to, I went with the, the North face roller bag, um, his shoulders hurt
1: and he needs to have that roller. Yeah,
2: yeah, I've been slacking on his shoulder workouts. Well, no, uh, with, with as the, I saw yesterday, with the gun case, know, yeah, it, it was a convenience thing, made it easier for me to do that. But I did throw a, a three-day pack inside that that bag as well. Outstanding. So, um, and that's a, a black Patagonia, run-of-the-mill, nothing crazy. It doesn't have Molly loops on it, you know, mm-hmm. which. Anybody's ever been in an airport and you've seen the backpack with the Maya loops, I mean that just screams military type bag, so those they just stand out.
1: It's like the the guy that wants to pay attention to me. I'm a cool guy. I'm a cool guy. Yep. And we in the situation, the scenario that we're thinking about and wargaming gaming and, and contemplating, we don't want to stand out. We want people to look at us and not See any sort of threat, it is a value to be underestimated in this situation. So that if we do have to turn it on, they're caught flat-footed.
0: Yeah. So now that we've really discussed all the stuff that that we brought with us, and now we need to get into how are we going to get back. Yep. So we want to use a vehicle. Obviously, we want to use a vehicle and get back there as soon as we can. So the rental vehicle that we have is is a good size SUV. And, a standard size SUV, yes. Not, nothing yeah. giant, nothing crazy, um, but it definitely has some pickup and it's got some range to it, mm-hmm. and it's big enough so that all three of us can comfortably sit in there, plus with all of our equipment gear. And one of the reasons why we wanted an SUV is all terrain,
1: all terrain, all yes, terrain. exactly. And uh, you know, we we started from the moment we got here preparing that vehicle. Yes. Uh, one of the first stops that we made, we got a case of water. Uh, we're in the desert, you know, <laughs> uh, we are going to use that water on that trip. We've, we're starting out with clean, good water. Yeah. We have the ability of procuring water. We have the water, the ability of purifying water along the way out here in the West. Water is a scarce resource and you have to be prepared uh, for that. So of course we're going to grab that. Um,
0: other things that, that we've done, going in um, going in priorities, water. we got water. If we're going to be forced to take this vehicle, we want to use the vehicle as long as we possibly can. Hopefully, that's all we'll need before we get mm-hmm. home. So the other immediate consideration is getting gas some cans. gas cans yep. so we can keep it in the back. We can further our, our distance, further yeah.
2: our reach. Yep. <clears throat> uh, tire patch kit. Mm-hmm. so you can get those auto parts stores Lowe's um, they're very cheap you're talking ten to fifteen dollars and you get a puncture in there There are directions on there if you've never done it you just follow the directions anybody can do it and now you can plug that uh, plug that tire and uh, get some air in there and keep going something that
1: is often overlooked is a very simple air compressor. The little just tire kits, uh, you can pick those up at the hardware stores, at um, auto auto parts stores. Uh, Having the ability to lower our tires and raise our tire pressure uh, at our need. So if we are taking this off-road, we're in snowy conditions, we need a little bit more traction, we can lower those tires, we're in sandy conditions out here in the desert, we need more traction, we can lower the... uh, the PSI in those tires. But then when we get back onto Hardball, we need to, you know, for and if nothing else, just our gas mileage. We need to make sure that those, those tires are inflated, not to mention, you know, using the patch kit. Yeah. Uh, going at the hardware store, you know, this is just, you, you never see a Humvee without Pioneer tools. Yep. You know, a shovel, a pickaxe, uh, some of those items, that's gonna be beneficial. If we have the vehicle, absolutely have it. I talked about, you know, I brought this stuff to start a fire with, Dakota hole I'd rather have a shovel dig that Dakota hole in my hands so we have the vehicle let's get that shovel
2: yeah and for our situation you know having a, a spade shovel and a snow shovel wouldn't be a bad idea you know because of the train we're going to be covering I've uh,
1: I've actually dug a Jeep Cherokee out yeah. of the snow with you a you used uh, an tool right I used an e-tool yeah how'd that work I hated my life okay. I hated my life so um
2: it'll get it done it'll get it done just really yeah. long
1: <laughs> so yes we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna prepare that that vehicle um
0: yeah, right now I can imagine his face as he, I know he's listening to this and uh we won't mention his name but but, he,
1: but you know who you are yeah and that yeah. was a great experience we bonded uh-huh. I'm we sure, bonded. You you yes. sure you did yes um you know there's there's a lot of things that you guys need to think about if you're preparing a vehicle for this, a cross-country voyage, um, in a stressful situation. Any supplies that you can get, you know, beneficial, um, if we can upgrade that vehicle to something else. I know right now in Ukraine, there's a bunch of uh, used Russian armor for sale that farmers just keep finding on the side of the road, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know.
2: Um, Go grab some spare parts off of there.
1: This is all joking aside. I have been blessed in my military career. I am a you know, eleven Bravo, eighteen Bravo, eighteen Fox. Somehow I managed to learn how to drive tanks. Yeah. Uh, so if we come across a Paladin or an Abrams <laughs> uh-huh. or, or a Bradley.
0: I know how to drive it. Okay, Boy, I'm, I'm fortunate that that I, I'm with you, just, just in case that happens. Hey, I'm
1: just saying. That's why we have our uh-huh. friends with our knowledge. It takes a team. Okay, <laughs> uh, any of you that have the means, and I mean the you know the spare hundred thousand. I think it's like one hundred twenty-eight thousand right now. It may be going down to buy a T seventy-two. They sell them in Europe, and you can bring them over here get one we we now have the facility to train with it yeah you know we do actually um yeah. you you buy it we'll we'll uh, we'll do it okay um <laughs> all yeah. right so let's get back yeah. let's get focused. so yeah here. stop We're, the silliness tanks aren't silly
2: uh-huh all right uh, maybe grabbing some uh recovery items like strap uh maybe a come along to uh pull pull you out if you get stuck um essentially like Jared said, we want to keep this thing rolling as long as possible because that's a long walk. Yes, it is. it is. Nobody likes walking that far. So yeah, anything anything we can do or you can do to keep that vehicle rolling. Yep.
1: Now we've done some uh, some assessment on our possible paths, uh, and. I know that Chris is very happy about this because it means that we're we're going by his place first. And, uh, you know, my original impulse was, hey, we get Chris to Pennsylvania and then he can figure out how to get to, to Tennessee, you know. Uh, his, his, he's got boys. His boys can come up and pick up dad, you know. You want to see your pops? Come to Carlisle. Well, um, as we're looking and assessing – Again, our threat is a potential nuclear strike. That's what we went with for this scenario. We mentioned that you have Cheyenne in the Rockies. As well, you have all of the uh, actual missile sites in the Dakotas, in Nebraska, uh, basically the northern part of the United States. So taking something, you know, not taking the, like, Highway 80, but mirroring. Uh, some of those side highways and things like that, that is putting us into those those hot zones. So we need to look at all right. You know what, the southern route.
0: And not only that, which is very valid. Ed, that's why we yep. choose choosing the southern route. But that northern route, if we had to abandon the car, a lot less resources up there. A lot harder to come by water, particularly mm-hmm. as well as in, you know other types of food. Than the southern route. Southern route would definitely be easier for us if we had to uh,
1: had to hoof it. Yeah, Uh, and you know, terrain. You know, we we think of uh, Montana. You know, Big Sky Country and all that. Uh There there are places in Montana that are known as Badlands. I mean, you don't want to go play in the Badlands. Uh, I'm not saying that the plains of Texas are going to be any nicer necessarily, but there's a lot of um you know gas stations rest stops yeah. there's a lot more traffic type things that are going along that way that uh, we may be able to utilize
0: another thing too
1: is speed speed is our security
0: when it comes to if we had to go from here to there during that emergency situation the faster we can get there the safer it's going to be on the roads everywhere else the longer duration from from the time of whatever the event, yep. the crazier it's going to be, the more desperate people might be. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we definitely want to be moving as as quickly as we can. And one thing that we would be doing is we wouldn't be stopping to, to rest. Uh, there's three of us. We're just going to keep on yep. rotating yep. and just yep. keep that vehicle.
1: One guy going. driving, one guy pulling security, yep. one guy sleeping.
2: Yep. And then same thing, stopping using those gas cans. Is, the more we can find, the better. Uh, just eliminating our time. In, in those places where uh, looters are gonna hit first, which yeah. would be your grocery stores, your gas stations, places like that. So um, just being able to pull off on the side of the road, there's three of us, one guy's putting fuel in, you got front and rear security, and then hopping back in there and then uh, implementing rest plan again.
0: So I know right now some people are like, what do you mean front and rear security? If, if only one of you brought a firearm, well, that's true for right now.
1: One of the reasons why we, we felt comfortable doing that is this part of the U.S., we know people. One of the reasons that we were able to make that decision that we uh, didn't have to risk going through New York with firearms is I have family here in the Las Vegas area. It's, we have the ability to reach out to someone, make link up. And get a small amount of equipment, taking some of their excess, to help us to get to the next island that we're going to go to. Absolutely. uh, Where we can get more equipment. Jared and I both have people in Utah, as well as Arizona. So if Utah is bad, we can go Arizona. We we definitely have our pace plan, where we can go and people that we will be able
0: to get resources from.
1: And, and, you know, it's getting the equipment that we need. Uh, so that we can continue on our path and on our journey.
0: You know, we've talked we have talked and talked and done podcasts as well as classroom stuff at the range. We have talked about building a community and planning and preparing like an ODA. And part of that is we we have these islands yeah. of, of like minded people, family, friends all over, so we have those connections already established. We encourage you to do the same, uh, build your individual community, build those resources. So just like this, we feel very comfortable that even though I don't personally have a firearm on me right now, uh, we'll be able to get one very soon. Mm-hmm. And with that, yeah, I definitely want something like an AR that I'll be able to uh, protect myself and I can can use it in a fight that I'm familiar with, but also we want something that's gonna give us a little bit of a standoff. Stand so, you know, a hunting rifle or something 308, or if somebody has something better than, than that, um, absolutely. That's something that we want to to have some standoff.
2: Yeah, yeah. and then I'm your other, your other stop, so once you guys drop me off, you know, I'm our... A- oh,
1: yeah, we're totally robbing your house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, the value of doing an exercise like this and doing it for real. Like, okay, plan it as if we we're going to do it we got to work through some things and we had some discussions about bringing different items and how we're going to utilize those items along the way now we mentioned about potential you know terrain uh, hazards rockies definitely uh, one of the things we're looking at taking a southern route because of threat issues you know taking the old route uh, 66 or mirroring uh highways that that follow along that that route speed is our friend we want to be moving as fast as we can make, m- making some uh strategic decisions to avoid certain built-up areas uh that may be da- dangerous uh to us obviously we don't want to go too far south uh, Juarez uh, is is never a good place <laughs> no um, you know. let alone when world war three has broken out so we are going to be selective of that route. One of the big hurdles that we're going to run into is going to be the Mississippi. And so by the time that we get to the Mississippi, if we are going full out speed, best case scenario, we're still looking at a day and a half. Um, you know, that is, that is some serious time. Those bridges that are crossing the Mississippi are going to be points that have potential of being control points. Um, there are also going to be points where other people are going to be trying to cross. Mm-hmm. There's going to be other traffic on the road we have to consider. So we will have to make and assess as we're going what those, um, you know, primary and alternate and contingent means of of crossing uh, those bridges. You know, worst case scenario, we are finding some sort of you know amphibious uh, means, some sort of boat or something like that. Mm-hmm and then trying to procure another vehicle on the other side. Uh, Memphis is also one of those towns I think we wanna uh, definitely avoid. Yes yes, yes, yes. So, as we're moving, we are gonna try and collect as much intelligence as we can. If the radios are working, if you know news is being broadcast, of course, we're collecting that, we're getting that stuff. If that is not happening, we're talking to the people that we feel that we can. We're using our best judgment. Uh, and yeah, we're we're judging people. We're looking at people and like, can I talk to those people? Is it going to be safe? Well, we're doing that. We are going to pull security. You know, we are going to have someone in that overwatch position. We're going to limit how close we get to people, and we're going to ask directed questions. Hey, if you're traveling from the east and coming west, and we're going the opposite way, what did you see? Getting that those things, those nuggets. That we can take that information and turn it into intelligence that we then can make those decisions off of so we can end up where we want to be. So, we've talked a lot about best case. Hey, that vehicle's working, we're able to punch through and uh, we're able to procure yeah. uh, fuel along the way, whether we're paying for it in cash or silver or, uh, you know,
2: Chris Whatever. is shaving his head, uh-huh.
1: you know. Um, it's good old-fashioned procurement. Yep, we're we're getting uh, getting that fuel. We've also planned for that worst case. So I mean, what if? Yeah.
0: What if it is an EMP or an right. actual you know nuke strike that that's that's the byproduct of? Yeah. And, and say the car gets fried, um, or whatever the situation is, we're walking.
1: We we make it to our first uh, rest stop, and then uh, we cannot get any more fuel. Like, yeah. that's just, there is no more fuel. Uh, and now it's going to take us, instead of those two and a half, three days, it's going to take us some weeks. If not months. Months, not months. yes. Yeah, would, yeah. Yeah. Let's be realistic. Yeah. Yep. Oh, come on, guys. We're, we're, we're running 100 miles a day. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, I know that before we came out here as part of this exercise and this thought problem, and because we actually have a potential, we are we're closer to this Than any other time I've had in my lifetime. Hands down. Closer right now than any
0: time that I've been alive. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm 44 years old. And this is, yes. We, I mean, I know there's some of you that are listening. They're like, well, I remember the Cuban Missile Crisis. And we were pretty darn close. Well, I don't. In my lifetime, this is the closest. So I sat my girls down and we had these conversations. What is the plan? What happens if suddenly you can't talk to dad? I made sure that they knew, they know all the basics. They know where the, the food is. They know where the fuel is, that they have the, their plans for cooking if there's no power. They have plans for, you know, water and hygiene and all those things. They have radios. They have a plan to how to get to Jared's house because my oldest girls, you know, they're 19 and 17. Um, they're not full adults yet. They're they wise, but they need that leader. And uh, we have organized. We have set things up. Abby is the G chief. She is running things until Jared and I get back. So the girls know how to get to the Ross's house. They have a route. As well, they have radios and they have a com plan set up yep. with the Rosses so that they can speak and communicate in route. Uh, they know an alternate route to the Rosses, which is you know, hey, we can't go the roads. They have Gwen has her compass, and she knows the direction of travel to the Ross's house, so that she can get there.
0: And along with that, what did I do? Same thing. We talked as a family. Uh, we had this planned out. We have our homes are set up as, as great resources. Um, everything from your know, food, water, and then multiple means to to protect it and to defend it. So yeah, that that that's the plan. If things are that at that point, then. Uh, your girls are coming over, as well as, you know, we're talking very openly about my family and Chris's family because you know us, you know our families. But what we're not talking about is all the other friends that are, are working with us uh with within our our community that, that we've been growing, that we've been preparing and working together as a community.
1: So and some of you are listening right now and be like, hey, I'm on that list. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the know. Um so Everything is
0: as organized as, as it could be. Of course, with the unknowns, they're going to have to roll with stuff and flex and, and everything, but, but they're pretty set up. What we also have then is if things are, get really bad there, then they have another location that they can can travel to. Uh, so everything is set up. So really, it takes a great weight off of our collective minds.
1: And you know I went through with the girls and I showed them places in the house that they could leave messages Mm -hmm. so they could, if they are leaving and if they're going to, you know, to your house or if, Hey, the decisions made, we're going to another location. Mm -hmm. They can leave us a message Yep. so that we can come, we can go to my house. We can go to any one of those spots and find that, that message, read that message traffic and know where we need to go to meet them. And, It is such a comfort that we had these conversations. I wasn't worried about scaring my children and, oh, the world's gonna end, girls. They're smart. Our kids, they know more than we do. You know, with the technology, they're, they're plugged in. They're aware of these things. So don't be afraid of having these conversations with them. If anything, it helped to put their fears at ease because now they have this plan. They know, hey, This could happen. Hey, this did happen. I know what to do. We've already talked about it. And it's not a panic of trying to figure out what they need to do in an already stressful situation. And because I was the leader there in the home prior to, I gave them those ideas. I gave them that counsel. And I gave them that that ability to have some capacity.
2: Yeah, same thing with us. Um, And as far as the prepping side of that goes is you know we we have the food dryer food freeze dryer so for food and stuff that's all stocked up we got that ready to go Uh, same thing with the support networks and everything all set ready to go so like you said that's going to allow us to make that trek and not have that has a huge worry of course we're still going to worry about it but it Mm -hmm. won't be like oh man we got to go we got to go because of this but you know it'll reduce that stress a little bit. I know a lot of people are hesitant, and well,
1: my children are young. My youngest is 11. I did not sugarcoat this when I had the conversation with her. They need to know what's going on. And having that knowledge is is going to bring some comfort to them and to you. Have the conversation about what to do if there's an emergency. And it goes beyond this, you know. There are other emergencies. You know, natural disasters happen. When the kids know what to do and are prepared, they can execute and they they feel that they have a stake in the game and they can take pride in that.
0: When you're prepared, you shall not fear. That's that's just the truth. Uh, You're not gonna be able to prepare for everything, but if you prepare and you know, Something happens, uh, an event happens, you'll be that much more mentally and emotionally prepared to roll with it and make whatever adjustments or do whatever you need to do to overcome.
1: You know, this has been a a great thought experiment that we kind of, we've put it to the test as much as we can. And, and, you know, we're not obviously going to try and drive uh, across the United States. We just don't have the time for it. Um, We're very busy this month. We're very busy next month, um, but we did take this opportunity. We brought all of these things. We we thought through this.
0: Well, let's. Yes, what you're saying, Chris, I agree 100. percent But at the same time, this is real. Something could happen tonight. Yes. Could happen tomorrow. We might have to put this action. Uh, in this plan to action. Yeah.
1: Yes. It, it might happen. And. Don't waste an opportunity. I, I encourage all of you guys. I know a lot of you guys travel. Think about it. What is your plan? Even if it's something as simple as you're traveling three hours away to do something, what is your family going to do if you have to walk the that distance back, that 80 miles? How many miles can you cover in a day? I know that uh I'm from Utah. Utah was set up where there was a town every 10 miles because that's uh, the appropriate distance for a wagon to go in uh, in one day. So there's always a place for you to rest. If you drive up and down the I-15 through Utah, you'll find a small town and a big town. And some of these towns have grown together, but that's the way the state was laid out. So there's always that rest station every 10 miles. So no matter what your level of health is, you could be doing about 10 miles. Yeah. Mhm so that's eight days that, that you're traveling
0: you know let's, let's let's add to that you know some people right now are listening to this thinking i can do more than 10 yeah sure you can all of us we all did the trek mm-hmm. how many miles was that wasn't that anywhere between 28 and 34 miles yeah that we did with a 45 pound ruck on our back minus the water weight yeah and then uh On top of that, that's after we destroyed ourselves for two plus weeks after that. Mm -hmm. We all did that. And then we were destroyed. We were not moving. We were not walking a mile for days after that. So, yeah, you can push yourself that once and destroy yourself. But the key to something like this is being reasonable and being manageable. 10 miles, 12 miles
1: maybe. Um, And And still be able to do all the other priorities of work.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, like you said, you push yourself for that... That day and a half, you just keep straight walking as fast as you can. Well, now you're laid up. Sorry for two days. Exactly. So, what did that gain you? Absolutely nothing.
1: Yep. I watched a a little documentary about a guy who tried to set the record for the AT Trail. Okay. Um, And I think his goal was to do like 42 or 44 miles a day, like in in order to. And you know that's some rough walking. Yeah. Now he had an entire support team. Okay, so, okay. like every so, we're talking like the bare
0: grills of the eighties. Yeah.
1: So, like every <laughs> every stop, like he would get resupplied with food, and uh-huh. you know, he was carrying very minimal stuff. Um, and this guy w- had trained and trained and trained to be able to do this and and set that pace, and he still ended up like somewhere in New England, not being able to make that pace, and ended up not making that and. I really enjoyed watching this documentary because it showed a lot,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, we all can sit there in our heads. Well, I'm, I'm really motivated. I, I, I can do this. Yeah. That guy was really, really motivated and he also had people bringing him food.
2: Yeah. He trained for that for months. Yes. Maybe, probably so even a year
1: you, you have to be realistic, you know, in your planning in judging your capabilities and you still have to remember there's work that needs to be done. It's not just that movement. There is food procurement, water procurement, survival, uh, you know, security. All of these things that we have to do. And if uh, you know, we're all three of us are exhausted because we just walked twenty-six miles that day, and all three of us are sleeping. And whatever that threat comes along, well, that twenty-six miles was worthless because now we're we're incapacitated. Yep. So having that manageable expectation that 10 12 15 miles where you're still able to function and still do those other priorities it's going to take some patience but that's what's necessary in this situation cool well i
0: think that's a pretty good place to to wrap up um i hope you've enjoyed listening to this particular podcast it's been uh it's been a pretty real one you know, for yep. us. We've yeah. had a lot of fun, but also, you know, taking it very serious. Taking it
1: serious, because, like, like we said, this is the closest that in our lifetime we've ever been to this actual situation. And uh, I hope you guys are all safe. I hope you guys are listening to this, nice and happy. And uh, I, I
0: hope I get to catch a plane in a couple of days yeah yeah
1: (laughs) i'm i'm really hoping that i can i can get on that plane and um get home safely um without any incidents
0: well thank you you guys stay safe and we will talk to you again next time a towel is about the most massively useful thing an interstellar hitchhiker can have partly it has great practical value More importantly, a towel has immense psychological value. For some reason, if a Strag, Strag means non-hitchhiker, discovers that a hitchhiker has his towel with him, he will automatically assume that he is also in possession of a toothbrush, face flannel, soap, tin of biscuits, flask, compass, map, ball of string, gnat spray, wet weather gear, spacesuit, etc., etc.